What is up, Buckeye Nation, and welcome to Dotting the Eye with Davis and Chad. It is game week. I have waited so long, so, so long to say that. I am super excited. Indiana, September 2nd, 3.30 p.m., CBS, Memorial Stadium. I am Jack, dude. I'm ready for Ohio State football, and I got to believe you're feeling the same way. It's been a long time coming, dude. I'm so excited. Finally, we're past week zero, which had so ho-hum games. Um, but it was still college football last week. And if you're into that, I mean, we watched Notre Dame and Navy, we watched USC and San Diego state or whoever the heck they played, but you got a little taste, but now this is the real deal. It is now go time. Um, everything that we've been reading about, you know, listening to watching, anticipating it is now time to see it on the field, dude. I'm so excited. Yeah, dude. And word around the Porta John is that uh, we have a new starting quarterback at Ohio State. How do you feel about that? So if you've listened if you've listened to us in the past and you've listened to maybe some other podcasts, not necessarily a Buckeye Beat podcast, but maybe some other ones, there was a lot of grumblings and rumblings about how Devin Brown has really shined a lot in fall camp and has really pushed for the starting job and Kyle McCord's kind of fallen behind. And I'm not going to say that I necessarily – Completely bought into the hype, but I was taking it at face value for what I was hearing. And my expectation, and I know I kind of talked you probably more into it too, but our both of our expectations with Devin that this was probably going to be Devin Brown's team. And that's not necessarily not true yet because Kyle McCord has been named the starter. However, Ryan Day did not say this is Ohio State's starter. This is the starter for game one. However, Devin Brown will play. And this is the first time, gosh, I don't know, ever that there's legit still a quarterback competition happening game one of the season. I mean, even if you remember back to 2015 between JT Barrett and uh, Cardell Jones, they at least named Cardell Jones the starter. And he was the main guy. And then JT Barrett came in and spot, you know, kind of spotted there at the end. But, you know, I don't recall another time, at least in my fandom as Ohio State, where it was truly split. And I feel like we're still going into it split. I mean, Comic Court's taking the first snap. He, I guess, technically is the starter, but he's still not Ohio State starter. You know what I mean? Yeah, but, okay, so I want to clear something up. I was pissed. When I heard it. And then I thought to myself, why are you pissed, Chad? You can't be pissed because it's Kyle McCord instead of Devin Brown. Hell, you've never even seen Devin Brown play football, really. Hell, you can't be pissed that it's Devin Brown over Kyle McCord. You've never really seen Kyle McCord play much football either. I go, so why are you pissed? So I had to sit down and think about it. And you know what? I I came up with something. The reason I'm pissed is how this whole thing has been handled. And it continues to be handled. To me, man, you have to choose a guy and we ride. That's it. This crap about going into the season, trying to play this guy. Dude, there's so many variables about guys, you know, looking over their shoulder, about guys not getting enough reps. Um, You know, you're taking reps away from the guy who is the starter by continuing this fiasco into the season. I don't think it prepares us well for life in the Big Ten or Notre Dame here in a couple of weeks. I don't think it's good for the mentality of either one of the quarterbacks. And I don't think it's good for the actual sport of football because, dude, you already know this Saturday's game is not going to Ohio State versus Indiana. I'm sorry. It is Kevin 
or whatever the heck his name is, Devin Brown versus McCord. That's what it is. That's what we're watching Saturday. And to be honest, dude, it's a damn shame. I don't agree with the way it's been handled. And I'm sorry, dude, this puts a little bit of a damper on Ryan Day for me. I don't believe this is a good move on his part. I completely agree with you. And I hate agreeing with you, but that's that, that's a perfect take is that I think the majority of my disappointment, too, because you're right. I mean, how can I be pissed if Kyle McCord's a starter when we haven't seen either one of them play or Devin Brown or vice versa? You know what I mean? Like, we don't know what to expect from either one of them. I mean, we're going off of what we hear in camp, what we've seen, what apparently they've seen in practice. Um, and a lot of it is projection of what these quarterbacks could possibly be. So I agree that it's like finally when a starter got named, but it's not really a starter. You know, it's not necessarily the name a starter, but he kind of didn't really name a starter. I mean, yeah, starter yeah. for game one, but the other guy definitely will play. Like if you actually had a starter, the other guy definitely may, may or not play like he, maybe in garbage time but not necessarily play like definitively in the first half, which is basically what Ryan Day is alluding to. Yeah, so, I, if I was Ryan, I never would have said that. I would have said, Kyle McCord is your starting quarterback at Ohio State. Let's ride. Now, well, if you put in Devin Brown. Yeah, well, essentially what's happening is because of the first three games that we have, I feel like it's going to be treated like an NFL preseason to where – you know, I, we are not expected to really be challenged much in the first three games. And they're going to give them an extra two to three games as an extra tryout to really see who definitively is going to be the player. And that's not enough. At this point, dude, like I'm in the same boat. Like, I, don't get me wrong. I don't want to be going with Comic Court if Devin Brown's going to be another Joe Burrow. But we don't know that. I mean, we're scarred because of the Joe Burrow situation. I think that's a reason why. We're all cringing about this situation is because of what's happened in the past. It doesn't necessarily mean it's the same situation, but yes, we would be absolutely pissed if we go with comic Accord and we end up writing it out with him. And I mean, sure. If we win a national title, that's great. And I'll have zero complaints, but if we don't and Devin Brown transfers and goes on to win a Heisman somewhere else, we're all going to be pissed. Like it happened again. So yeah. I think we're all skittish about that. You know what I mean? I just and want him to pick a we guy. Don't, we just don't definitively know. But I here's my ultimate take on it, right? So you know Kyle McCord's now been in the system. This is his third year. And he's had actual starting game his freshman year against Akron when C.J. Stroud went down with you know his bum shoulder at that time. And he should rightfully be kind of the heir apparent. He's had the time in the system. He's a five-star quarterback from Pennsylvania. I know you don't care about stars, but I'm bringing it up. I appreciate you acknowledging that. Thank Absolutely. you. Absolutely. And he's kind of the one that the expectation should be there, right? So Devin Brown comes in as kind of a, a last-minute switcheroo from going to be a USC transfer to come to Ohio State. And sounds like he's got that dog in him from what we hear. Like, you know, that that – competitive spirit just that fight about him um he's super athletic we've seen him on tiktok and videos doing backflips and full pads and we you know we kind of get excited like dude this dude might be for real so my whole take is this if it's this close right and if devin brown clearly has been pushing and succeeding most of fall camp 
Why wouldn't you go even knowing on top of that that our offensive line is still a work in progress? Go with the more athletic quarterback. And again, I'm I'm saying this because I, I don't have a ton of per, visual proof that I've seen out of this, but for, enough from what I've heard that Kyle McCord, even not not just on athleticism and running, but even on passing, has been a more productive quarterback over the entire bulk of camp. So I'm almost kind of shocked, almost like this is back to what you've said for episodes and episodes about, you know, kind of the favoritism or the loyalty of the guy that's been in the program longer and afraid to upset someone and go with the person that probably rightfully should earn the job. Well, the only good thing about this situation that I want to shine a light on is when you put the verdict out to Buckeye Nation on Saturday, because that's what you're doing. Ultimately, you are putting the choice in our hands because you already know both quarterbacks are going to come in. We're going to get to see both of them. Right. And one way or the other, Buckeye Nation is going to make a decision on Saturday and they're going to be crying for one or the other. And you already know it. And he's going to feel the pressure. He's going to feel the pressure to play that guy. He's going to. He's setting himself up. You're absolutely right. He is setting himself up for public opinion to almost force him to make a decision. And I think maybe. He might actually be doing this on purpose for that. Or maybe this is, I mean, a lot of this is hearsay, okay? But there's been a lot of pressure between the fact that he chose Kyle McCord over J.J. McCarthy. And we see where J.J. McCarthy's at now. Man, I think and also shit. because I've heard there's been pressure from Kyle McCord's dad. I don't know if there's any truth to that. Dude, this is not Little League Baseball. He probably just told... Kyle McCord's dad would go sit in the corner somewhere and be quiet like a little good little boy. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just saying there's a lot of external things in here where he might feel pressure to give Kyle McCord more of the opportunity to try to prove himself. But at the end of the day, what we're going to see on Saturday is what we're going to see on Saturday. And if we clearly see a more electric, more capable, more efficient quarterback in Devin Brown, then there's not going to be any mistaking. Like I would not be surprised at all that Kyle McCord, sure, starter for, you know, on the road, been in the system longer, so let's go with him for the first snap. But after the end of the game, everyone's like, Devin Brown kind of looks like the real deal. And then we find out for Youngstown State the next game that Devin Brown's going to start, and then Kyle McCord will come up and try to get some reps too. But I, re- I don't want this thing lingering is the problem. And I'm sure you're in the same boat as me. I don't want it lingering. I I want, you know, I don't even want to wait till Notre Dame to finally establish it. I would like it to be, okay, you want to do it through Indiana? Fine. Youngstown State? Mm, Okay, we're pushing it. But by the time we get Western Kentucky, establish someone. Let them have a whole game. Let them have an entire game of stats. Because here's the thing, dude. And I don't think we're going to lose to Notre Dame. I'm not saying that. But what, like we talked about before, Notre Dame played week zero. They've got a full game in ahead of us. They've got all those reps ahead of us. And now we're starting and a veteran behind. quarterback that has experience. Yeah. And now we're starting a week behind them and we're only giving whoever that starter starter might be half the reps he should be getting. Like, I don't get how that puts us in a competitive advantage in that game. I really don't. Now, I still think we're a better football team all around and we will win that game. But I'm just saying, like, it doesn't bode well for us. Right. So let me ask you this before we get into our Indiana preview. And it's the last thing I'll leave you with before we get into that. And another uh, thing. 
Yeah, uh, I just I really enjoyed. I know, I know. So, well, do, first of all, we're trying to keep these episodes, you know, within a, a better time limit, like we've been working on. But you know, we could sit and talk about this quarterback battle forever. But let me ask you, just personally, just knowing everything that you've heard and what you think you know, what are you hoping is going to be the outcome, quarterback wise, from this game? At this point. The key to me is the offensive line. That's what I'm going to be watching. Well, not Everybody just watching. Else, I'm, I'm, I'm saying I'm forcing you to answer specifically quarterback. And I'm saying, what are you wanting out of this? Are you wanting it? Well, to, that's, I'm trying to answer that question. You keep interrupting me. Okay, go on. I'm going to be watching the offensive line Saturday. And that answers the quarterback question for me. Okay. I think if we come out there and we look like we're inexperienced or we're going to go through some growing pains, I would rather probably have Devin Brown, even if he is slightly less consistent. Because of the upside that he has on his feet. Okay, now if we look poised, if we look ready to go, um, maybe Kyle McCord's the guy because he's a veteran guy that's been in the system a while. I don't really know. To me, though, the end-all be-all, if you want my honest opinion on it, if you are the young guy and you take a veteran all the way up to game week on the depth chart to decide who's going, to me, the veteran's lost his job. Absolutely. And I I completely agree with you. I completely agree with you. I feel like I feel like this is the same old Ohio State loyalty bullcrap that we've been having to endure for the last handful of years that we continue to talk about. It's the reason why Tough Borland was a linebacker, you know, it, when we had better, you know, better pieces in the cupboard to put out on the field. Like he's it, true, you know why? Dude, it was tough a loyalty Borland. issue at Ohio State is ultimately what I think this is about. Tough Borland started the 40-yard dash in 2019, and he's still halfway through it. Yeah, like they ran out of batteries on their timers. <laughs> like they had to replace the battery and then start the timer over again, and he's still at the 30. <laughs> so All let's right, get into this Ohio State-Indiana preview. If you are still with us and we didn't completely bore you away from the quarterback discussion which i'm sorry it has to be a thing this i'm is sorry about this ohio state but if you listen to this podcast and you didn't tune in to, to hear about the quarterback battle check your pulse bud because that's what it is that's what's <laughs> going on well what else are you going to talk about i mean there's nothing else to talk about uh, this entire preseason like we we've had hardly any time to focus on what the defense is going to look like uh the wide receiving you know we obviously know one and two but who could possibly be the third option you know our running back depth uh, there's a million things that we need to really focus on that should have been focused on, but it's always been about the quarterback. So let's go ahead and push that aside. Let's do this Indiana preview and also kind of give some expectations of some of these, you know, new spots on the field that are getting filled that and kind of give us some speculation on what you think is going to happen. So I'll, I'll kind of let you lead it off if you want, but I'll just give you some basic stats before we start. So Ohio State Indiana overall series record is 78-12 and 5. Um we've only lost them 12 times, 5 times, but I mean the majority of that stuff's happening, you know, well before the 80s, okay? Well, uh, we've won t- uh 27 straight and last year we won 56 to 14. So that kind of gives you a brief history of where it's at. This is not a game that we are expecting to be a difficult game even though you do start an opener on the road in Bloomington. Uh, which is never easy. Last time we actually did that, um, 
we play, I think it was 2017, J.K. Dobbins' freshman year, we went on the road to Indiana first game of the season. And the funny thing, and I did see an interesting stat, the last, I think, four or five games that we had that was an opening game for us on the road, we were trailing at halftime on every single one of them. Now, I do not expect that to be the same case this weekend, but I still found that to be an interesting stat. So where would you like to start, Mr. Chad? Well, uh, the first thing I'd like to talk about um, is Indiana. And a lot of people, you know, are just writing this game off as a blowout. And you know what? You're probably right. But there are some interesting things going on in this game that I think we should talk about. And that is number one. A lot of people don't know, dude. Indiana's going through a quarterback battle themselves. Um, I don't know if anybody knows this, but their uh, their returning quarterback, uh, Dexter Williams, or whatever, is now being challenged by uh, man. What's the guy's name? He transferred in from Tennessee. Oh man, uh, Taven Jackson. That's his name. Taven Jackson um, transferred in from Tennessee, and he's fighting for a starting position as well. So we got kind of a dual thing going here, where neither one of us. There's four quarterbacks and only two teams. So we'll see how that works out. Yeah. So <laughs> I do know uh, that Indiana has lost a lot of production. Now they were not a very good team last year. They haven't been a very good team. Minus the COVID year where they went six and two, but realistically, Indiana historically has not been a great team. Um, Tom Allen, I believe, is their coach. Yeah. And I, I think he's kind of on the hot seat with them. Um, but things have kind of went downhill ever since they got rid of Kevin Wilson, which we took on as an offensive coordinator there after he left there. And um, I'm just not they've lost so much production from a team that already wasn't very good. I'm Dude, not expecting a tremendous amount of ability on their end, at least on the offensive side of the ball. Now, defensively, they do have a coach on the defensive side of the ball that used to work uh, with Jim Knowles and is going to have at least some insight to the way that Jim Knowles runs his defense. So I think that might give him a tiny bit of a leg up to somewhat prepare. But at the end of the day, if you're going to look at the Jim, the, you know, the Jimmy's and the Joe's who we're putting on the field, uh, we're going to outman them in every single aspect of the game. Well, I found this stat interesting. Um, last season, Indiana was the only Big Ten team to allow over 400 points Last season, they averaged they surrendered thirty three point nine points and four hundred and forty nine yards per game. Good golly, Miss Molly, which was one hundred and twentieth and one hundred nineteenth in the FBS, respectively. Yeah, and they've lost pieces, too. Yeah. And they're having to replace them. Now, I do think that in college football, not just what we might be expecting to see at Ohio State, because we'll get into that here in a second. But I think in the grand scheme of college football, you have so many more oncoming freshmen that are so much more college ready that I feel like there's a new youth movement kind of going like the, the the old history of college football that me and you grew up with, where, you know, most players didn't see the field till probably their redshirt sophomore year, like third year in the system. Right. And you're seeing so many more true freshmen, redshirt freshmen that are taking extended roles, important roles on the team that are really having an influence in the game to where, you know, just because you're having a big changeover does not necessarily mean that you're going to have a humongous drop off. It's true, dude, because so, uh, the the multi-sport athlete is a rare thing these days. You know, the way that times have changed, you know, when we were kids, man, you you had a kid, you know, I remember a kid that went to our, our high school 
uh, named Tom Coleman. And this kid was just kind of good at everything. Everything that he did. You know what I mean? Whatever sport he played. But I think those days are gone now where kids get find out what their thing is going to be and they just drive that thing into the ground. So like you said, you know, instead of getting one season of football a year, they're playing football year round their entire childhood. So by the time you get there, you're just so much farther ahead, man. And it shows it's showing. Yeah. So I fully, I fully expect there to be a much more big youth movement. And I think it's a great segue into us kind of focusing a little bit more on Ohio state. And, uh, before we even really discuss how we think this matchup's going to work, we're expecting a still, uh, you know, at least a medium to heavy dose of some youth talent on this team. I mean, I, we're technically we, especially on the defensive side of the ball, we're going to be more of a veteran team. But you have a lot of spots where you're going to have some true freshmen, some redshirt freshmen that are going to be making an impact. I mean, we can start with Sonny Styles on the defense, Avril Reese. Um, well, who else am I thinking of? Um, Malik, uh, what's his last name? Malik. Oh, I can't remember his name, but he's going to be another safety. I mean, there's, there's going to be at least three or four defensive true freshmen or redshirt freshmen that are going to have a humongous impact that we'll see playing time this weekend. And then on the, on the offensive side of the ball, it's almost impossible to keep some of these redshirt wide, uh, I'm sorry, not redshirt, but uh, true freshman wide receivers off the field. I mean, we already know that Carnell Tate has pretty much almost penciled himself in as the number three. I mean, a lot of people are assuming Julian Fleming or Jaden Ballard, which has been, and those are all good options, but Carnell Tate has like kind of blown the roof off. And everyone is just in such awe of what he's done that there's no way he doesn't see the field. So we're going to see a lot of young players finally for Ohio State. They're going to step up and make an impact in a game. Absolutely, man. Um, honestly, I'm most excited for for the defense. Um, I know our offense is going to be good, man, but I am really excited to see. Um, you know, everybody's been talking about Jordan Hancock um, playing corner this year, and I want to see what he's bringing to the table. Also, man, um, the transfer from Ole Miss, uh, Davison, uh, Igbenosin, yeah, Igbenosin. Um, and to be honest, dude, something somebody that nobody else is talking about that I really like to see. And, you know, I don't know how much playing time he's going to get this year. But um, Sonny Styles' brother, Lorenzo Styles Jr., the transfer from Notre Dame, um, switching from receiver to cornerback. Uh, he's listed at number three on the depth, depth chart. Um, but I'm kind of I, I'm kind of interested in him a little bit, too, man. We haven't heard a lot about him I, at the first part of camp. I did. And now I haven't heard much, but he's listed as three on the depth depth chart so i'm really kind of looking forward to checking him out as well yeah so he he transferred from notre dame and at notre dame he was a wide receiver but at ohio state he is training to be a cornerback so it, it's not a humongous change but there's still a lot of things that he needs to do and judging by who we have currently on the roster i don't expect him to see starting playing time or in the starting rotation however if he's as electric as some people think he can be I don't see why that he can't be included in some sort of kickoff return or punt return because that brings up a whole nother point that we haven't really hardly discussed at all on this podcast is that, you know, the last time that we've actually returned a punt or a kickoff for a touchdown, Not a it's clue. been, it's been like seven, eight years. It's been something ungodly. 
And with the amount of talent that we have at Ohio State, that we can't have some sort of electric returner to, you know, house it and score points that we're not expecting to get. Like we, we last time I even remember we had something halfway decent was Emeka. And Emeka doesn't need to be out there as, as a starting wide receiver and taking extra blows on special teams, in my opinion. Like we need to find someone on the field that is still starter capability, but hasn't gotten a starting role yet, but still has that electric, you know, jukeability, speed, acceleration, breaking tackles, someone that reads the field good, that, you know, we should be scoring on special teams a hell of a lot more than we have over the last handful of years. Yeah, it just doesn't seem like it's that big of a, fo- I mean, it's a focus, don't get me wrong, but I'm just saying like, it doesn't seem like something at the top of uh, Ryan Day's list at the moment. But shouldn't it be? I'm not saying it shouldn't be at all. Um, I'm just saying that, and you know what, dude, to be honest with you, the guys that we've had that are that guy, and you know what I mean by that, your Teddy Gins, you know, your San Antonio Holmes, your guys that can, you know, mow the grass, kick the water, or kick the field goal, fill the water cooler, um, those guys are just so valuable, it's hard to put them back there, man. Yeah, but... Hard, like you said, it's hard and, to put them back And there. they still did, and Teddy Ginn was still even though one of our best wide receivers was still one of the most electric special teams players that we had it sure did and how'd that work out for him in the national championship game well he got hurt after after running a touchdown (laughs) but he still scored you know a 94 yard touchdown run in the opening kickoff a national championship game like well thank god for that (laughs) this is the only time we led in the game And trust oh. me, if you watch if you watch Swamp Kings on Netflix, you saw him return it back, and then we proceeded to get our asses kicked after that. Yep, that is true. So, so go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, Jinx. Uh, oh anyway, my gosh, you um, can tell we're we, you can tell we're in sync tonight. Oh yeah. Well, we both <laughs> we, you know we're we're both just so <laughs> energized to talk about. Ohio State football. I mean, think about it, dude. By the time you're listening to this podcast, the game is two days away. You know what I mean? Like, this is, oh my gosh, dude. I'm just so excited. And I cannot wait to finally see us actually play another team. I mean, the last time we witnessed it, we were together and we watched watched us play Georgia. I mean, think about it. Last Ohio State game was against Georgia. Field goal away from going to the national title game. And now... We get to restart, reset, some new players in there, some new key positions being filled, and let's see where it goes. Like, the anticipation, it's its better than Christmas for me. Yeah. Like, personally. See, like, so, it's, it's my favorite time of the year. And I hate to treat it like the spring game, but that's how I feel about it right now. Because I feel like since Ryan Day's taken over, I think you can agree with this, there's more mystery around the Ohio State football program than there's been that I can remember. You never know who's doing what. You never know who's starting, who's pushing for a spot, all that. That's why I brought up um, Sonny Styles' brother because I don't really – like it's like, okay, we got Denzel Burke. You got um, you know, you got Denzel Burke back there. You got Hancock. You got Sonny Styles back there. Um, that uh, Jihad Carter, um, Lathan Ransom, Josh Proctor, those guys. That's sweet. Okay, cool. We've already seen them. I want to see Malik Hartford. I want to see I want to see these new kids. You know what I mean? I want to see the kids that we haven't seen yet. I almost want to see everybody. I want to see everybody Saturday. That's just kind of the the mood I'm in this year, man. Um, I'm since we're going to see every quarterback, we might as well see every safety too. Yeah. So, (laughs) 
I, I'm just, yes, I think everyone, it's like the anticipation has been so much. We've heard so much. We, like, people are almost, you know, beyond sanity trying to listen to and read every article they can. It's just, we're trying to get our fix and try to figure out what's going on. But really, the battle to start for a national title this year finally begins this Saturday. And... Obviously, I know I'm being realistic. Ohio, Ohio State fans, you know, I, I know we talk about Michigan. We talk about Big Ten Championship. But our expectations ever since Jim Trestle really took over has been national title. You know, it, it's an expectation every year, fair or unfair, however you want to judge it. That's the expectation. And okay. I think this is our first real glimpse to see, hey, are we a national title contender? And that's why I also think on top of that, we could also be way too critical off of just this game. Because let's at least step back and understand that first game of the year is never a perfect model. If you remember last year, we had Notre Dame at home. We beat them 21 to 10. It doesn't look great. And that's with C.J. Stroud already playing an entire you know season of football prior to that. And we have... Jackson Smith and Jigba, we have Emeka Buka, and we have Marvin Harrison, even though I know Jackson got hurt in that game early on. And we have two healthy running backs in Trey and Mayan, and we still only win that game at home 21-10. So first games, you it, it's so hard, but you cannot judge what you really think of this team based off that one game because it's still the first time that they are completely live. The quarterbacks are completely live. You're playing against a, a team that you do not know, understand all their play calls, that you're not familiar with their personnel. Like, it's a completely different scenario. So I warn not just everyone listening and watching in Buckeye Nation, but ourselves as well, to not just completely overreact if, you know, this game is not 100% what we expect it to be. Because it's still, you know, a work in progress, so to speak. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess. I mean, I'm not going to do that, but I appreciate the warning. Uh, well, I am I think I was talking myself off the ledge because I, was gonna say, I, I will we, be pissed if we don't win 62 to nothing. I mean, and anything an less State than podcast. that is a failure. Not only am I going to judge everything I see on Saturday, but I'm going to judge it very harshly because that's what I do. <laughs> well, OK, so your big time Buckeye fans are going to, you know, judge this game very harshly and. Even though I know we don't want to talk about it, but we'll spend at least a minute like, you know, what is what do you think Ryan Day's expectation is or what do you think we're going to be expecting to see out of this two quarterback system? OK, I'm going to tell you what I think about it, dude. I don't think that this game is going to be any different than the formula you're, you've seen for Ohio State when Ryan Day decides to be conservative. I don't think that he is looking to blow Indiana out of the water. I think he's trying to. Find lightning in a bottle. Try to find the path for this team moving forward. I think we're gonna. I think you're gonna see a very balanced offense, and that's with both quarterbacks in. This is why you'll see when the prop bets come. Um, I believe that I'm in the realm of this. I think you're looking at another. You know, he's gonna try to keep it balanced, man. You know, as we talk about the 250-250 formula. Now, I think we're playing Indiana. It's gonna end up being a little bit more than 250, but I still think that uh, you're gonna look at a very balanced thing. I think I think you're gonna see a lot of work from the running backs. 
Um, I think you're going to see some throws, but I don't look for either quarterback to throw it out of the building. I just don't, I don't see that happening. Um, and I think you're going to see, I'm waiting to see a lot of, um, different stuff from Jim Knowles. Uh, it better be like a cover too. Um, but, uh, help over the top, help over the top. Yep. Well, let's not get into Don't miss the tackle and take it 60. Um, but I look for, I look for Jim Knowles to try to bring it, dude. I do. I think he's going to put some people in the background or in the backfield and I, and uh, put some pressure on these guys. And I'm looking forward to that as well. Um, I look for a big day on defense. I think we're going to have a couple turnovers. I do see that. Um, I And like I said, I just I see it being very balanced. I wouldn't say I wouldn't call it a vanilla offense, but I would say it's going to be very, very balanced. That's what I expect from Ryan Day. So. I agree for the most part. I think on offense, um, there has to be some balance. One, you have way too many toys, you know, to play with in the backfield. I mean, there's there there's legitimately four starting running backs that we have, and we still don't even know anything um, about our injured running back from last year and Evan Pryor. You know, whether or not he'll even see any playing time, and he was supposed to be an electric player. So. I expect the running backs to get their load and for them to be able to excel in this type of game and for there to be balance. But I still find it hard to believe that Ryan Day, if he is still trying to use this as an evaluation to not give the quarterbacks opportunities to throw the ball significantly. Um, My expectation is is I guess, you know, if I were to run this or I, you know, just to avoid issue or controversy is to give these quarterbacks more than, you know, a driver to a piece and then rotate, you know, maybe in a perfect world, give Kyle McCord the first quarter and then give Devin Brown the second quarter and then rotate it back. At least give them an opportunity where they don't feel like a driver to maybe we stalled out because of a penalty or something stupid and then all of a sudden I have to sit there and wait for the next, you know, four drives before I get to play again. But I agree that there's going to be uh, still some balance in there because we have way too much talent. And ultimately, as much as you're still trying to evaluate, this is a road game in the Big Ten. Given it's Indiana, it's still a road team in the Big Ten, and it's an important game that you need to make sure that you come out on top. So I don't think you need to be toying around with too much, and you still have to have focus of making sure that you win the game. On but defense, that's why I'm a little bit taken off by it, though, just just to be honest. Then you can go on with your defense. I'm a little bit taken back by it because I feel like, and I get it, man. Ryan Day knows more about football than I'll ever know. But I just feel like he took a little bit of something from me by turning this into a quarterback showdown instead of the first game of the Ohio State season. I, I'm just going to stay with that. Yeah, and honestly, that's what it feels like. And I think that's why a lot of people are kind of not really super excited about it. I mean, maybe the only people that are really excited are the people that are really pulling for Kevin, uh, for Kyle McCord. You got me saying Kevin now. You said Kevin earlier. I know. I jacked it up. I don't know what the hell. You've done got Kevin in my head, and there's not a Kevin on this team. Uh, But, you know, I I feel like we're not the only ones that feel that sentiment. Like, that's a popular opinion amongst a lot of people would be my guess. But I want to get to the defense, and that's something that if you've heard me talk last few episodes, I'm super high on. Um, I'm not going to sit here and say that we have the best defense in the country, but I can tell you right now that we have at least a top three defensive line in the country. Not only do we have an excellent starting four, but I think we're too deep at every position. 
Um, I think our linebackers are experienced. I think we have some young talent behind them. And I think we're finally getting uh, some defensive backs in um, Igbenosin. Uh, if Burke is back to his, his freshman form, um, Lathan Ransom, if he can clean up a few things, he was still a really good player last year. Sonny Styles is going to be amazing. Jahad Carter, um, Malik Hartford, the, the freshman. I mean, we have honestly this year an embarrassment of riches on defense if they can step up and play to the expectations that they're held to. So I have a lot of high expectations, and the one thing that I probably will overreact on this first game is the way I view the defense because my expectation for this game, knowing that Indiana is not that great a team and defense travels and defense is usually well ahead of the offense at the beginning of the year, is that our defense should play well this game. I would be super disappointed if we're giving up chunk plays, if we're giving up big plays, if we're letting Indiana score you know, over – 16, 17 points on us over the entirety of the game. I will be super disappointed because my expectation for what I've read, what I've seen, what my expectations are based upon the personnel we're putting on the field should be a lot less than that. So that's kind of where I'm at with my expectations in this game. I really feel like, you know, it does feel like offense is a tryout and defense is, hey, let's show them that we might be a top 10 defense this year. Yeah. Well, dude, let's uh, let's get these prop bets going, man. All right, so I'll keep explaining this just because I know we have some new listeners. But for those that don't know, every season, me and Chad, we do prop bets. And we do three prop bets every single game. And we keep a running total. And this will actually be um, on our website. So if you haven't gotten a chance to, go to dtipodcast.com. We will have our prop bets on there. We have a running total, a competition between me and Chad that kind of goes on for the entirety of the season for every game. And ultimately at the end of the day, whoever has the most wins in the prop bets, uh, obviously is your winner and your loser has to do something that last year was actually voted on by our listeners. So if you haven't figured out what the loser last year, which was Chad had to do go to our website, there's a link there that you can watch the video of what he had to do as the loser. Enjoy so we do three animals. each week. <laughs> yes, we do three each week. And we'll keep the running total. So the three that we have come up with, and it's funny, like if you could watch the behind the scenes of us trying to come up with these prop bets, it's actually hilarious because I'd say more times than not, it is me coming up with like 20 different prop bets and I send them to you. And you're like, I feel good about just this one, but where are you at? And then it's a back and forth. And then like six hours later, we still have one agreed upon prop bet and we're trying to scramble last minute. Is that not true? Is that not accurate? It's 100% Usually, true. yeah, every and single you know season. Why? I'm trying to take my prop bets a little bit more serious because I've taken, I've taken enough shit. Okay, I'm just gonna be honest with you. I've got shit coming out of my ears. <laughs> I've taken enough shit over these prop bets. Okay, over the last year, you've taken a I'm, lot of L's, brother. A lot I'm of tired. L's. That's it. So I'm he, gonna he's, he's, he's tired of feeling like a loser. He sent me, dude. I felt like, uh, I felt like like a model on, uh, like whatever the fifth Avenue or something like that, where they bring out like 25 dresses and I'm like, they're all terrible. Take them out. Of here. <laughs> <laughs> like, and yet it's like, dude, that one was Versace. <laughs> that was Gucci. What are you doing? <laughs> like I'm giving you gold in prop bets here and you're turning them all down. Cause you're like, Nope, I need, I need the for sure bet. Like I need the guarantee of all guarantees before I agree to bet against you. That's where he's say. at. I, I've scared Chad to death. Yes, because he's gotten beat by so many prop bets that he just refuses unless he knows it's a certainty. So I'm like, what prop bet is at least 
minus 850. Okay, that's where I'm at. Like, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus. So it is funny. So we did agree on some, and I might have went out on a little limb just so we could finally have three prop bets. But we'll start first with Ohio State's overall total passing yards for the game. That's combined passing whoever's in the game. That could be Lincoln Kinold's coming in the fourth quarter. Who knows? And we set it, I set it, at 325 for total passing, which I thought was pretty high. So Chad, of course, wanted the under. And I figure I throw him a bone. I'll take 325 or more passing yards for Ohio State against Indiana. Now, typically, if we had just a name starter, I'd feel a lot more confident about that. But since we are splitting the way, I don't know. I don't feel super confident. However, that's where we're at on that one. Next one, and we had to kind of go a little finicky with the last two because we went through a million things we couldn't agree. The next one is how many turnovers will Ohio State get? That means how many they're going to create on defense. And I said we will get one or less turnovers, and Chad thinks we will get two or more. I think going against a bad Indiana team, Chad does have the leg up there. However, we didn't turn over, we didn't get a lot of turnovers last year. Uh, so you never know. I mean, Indiana's the home team. They might have some home team advantage. You never know. So we will wait and see what happens there. But, I mean, anything could happen. And then finally, the last prop that we decided to go with was longest field goal made, not not attempted, made, from either team during the entire game. And I set the over and under at 40 and a half yards. So Chad took the over and I took the under, which means if their field goal of 41 yards or more is made in the game, Chad wins that one. If it is 40 or less yards, then I win. And it has to be a made field goal, not attempted. So those are our three pop bets for the first game of the season. And we need to finish this out with some score predictions chad where are you at okay well i reside in columbus ohio uh for the most part do a little bit of traveling here and there oh with the game okay uh with the game do you even know where you're at right now no i don't dude i've had a hell of a week bud you already know you know i've had a hell of a week i'm well aware dude you you, okay so just so we can get you some sympathy listens or sympathy, whatever. I mean, this poor bastard has a sick kid. <laughs> <laughs> like, like a legit sick you kid. This poor guy, this poor this bastard. Poor bastard. <laughs> I mean, his AC has been out for going on a week and a half, waiting on a part. Um, what what am I missing? I mean, I first of all, if you just go off those two alone, and I'm talking sick kid like you know a, a, a what four or five year old, uh, three year old, two year old, two year old, a two year old. Why do I keep um, thinking he's older than that? Yeah, two-year-old. there's just a lot going on with work, personal life. We got you know, like I said, we got sick kids. We got contractors in the house. We got an air conditioning that's been out since Davis left my house from from the golf tournament. We like two in. weeks ago almost. Yes, week and so a like, half at least. It's been rough. I'll put it like that. Like, yeah. But anyway, where I'm at on this game, um, I think we're going to score quite a bit. I don't think that there's going to be any uh, any question about that. I have the game 52-10 Buckeyes. Um, 
I think oh, I think Indiana will score a game, will score a touchdown, and I think they will kick a forty-one point three nine yard field goal to win me the prop bet. Solid, solid bet. <laughs> um, I'm not far off. I I know some people are going to think about okay, Indiana has been a thorn in our side sometimes in regards to keeping the game closer than it needed to be until we blow it wide open. Um, and especially more when we play them early in the season. Uh, I think if we play this game later in the season, the score could be a little bit more in favor of Ohio State. So I'm going more towards this is opening game and we're working out some kinks and it's not a finished product. And I'm going to go more for 49-17. I think that it's not necessarily the the 17 is for the starters. I think we score enough uh, early on. But I do think that, yes, there is one field goal in the game by Indiana, and it is a 34-yarder. You heard it here first. 49-17 Buckeyes. Jesus. Honestly, I'd be happy with that if it happens, but I'd prefer 52-10 so you were wrong and that there was a long field goal so you were also wrong. I mean, well, we we both we both jet. have the spread being covered. The spread's 29 and a half. I think that is a reasonable. I mean, yes, we're going on the road. Yes, it's first game of the season, but it's also first game of the season for Indiana. And there's not a position group on the field that Indiana has us in has a has a you know, a benefit or, or superiority in any position on that field. And I really believe in this defense. I really think that we're going to stymie Indiana and we're going to stymie a lot of teams this year. I mean, that is my expectation. You know, can I, can I give you a little bit of, well, I'm a golfer, dude. That's a golf term. Do you even understand what stymie means? Stymie. Wasn't that the name of one of the little rascals? It was, but it also, I have no idea. But listen to me. Sometimes, dude, I am amazed with your vocabulary because you'll pull out a word that I've never heard of in my life. And well, I'm I mean, a teacher. What out. the hell? I mean, I hear this crap all day. Well, tell me you're not teaching these kids stymie. If it's in their IEP, sure. <laughs> you pull out some words that I'm like, what the hell? I haven't heard that word in 15 years. <laughs> Where did that come from? Listen, I just talk and whatever comes out comes out. Like half the time, I don't even think what I'm talking. It's just reaction. So if stymie came out, then that's what I meant. I meant stymie. (laughs) All right. I'll let you have it. I'll let you have it. So Chad at 5210, I'm at 4917. We both have us covering the spread. We do not expect this to be a close game. However, first half could be a little slow going early on. Um, Obviously, some inconsistencies with, you know, switching the quarterbacks back and forth. Uh, just some continuity with the offense could be, a, you know, a slight halter for us to not put up, fit, you know, high 50s, low 60s on the board, which I fully expect with the offense and the playmakers that we have, we could do. So, but either way, we have it as a big win, hopefully getting some good evaluation. And I'm sure we will have a ton to talk about with these quarterbacks when the game is done. Yes, we will. Dynamite drop in, Monty. Yeah. <laughs> all, all of those. <laughs> all the broadcasting school really paid all off. The, all that broadcasting school really paid off, didn't it? Yes, it did. Um, 
No, hey, uh, real quick, if you get a chance, check out our website. Uh, I know we've been preaching it the last couple uh, episodes. I hate to uh, keep name dropping it, but it's dtipodcast.com. Uh, we're sharing different stuff on there. We're still working on it every day. Um, it's getting, you know, we're improving it. Uh, we have some big things coming up that are going to be displayed there as well. So, you know, make sure you're going there and checking that out. Uh, we appreciate everybody listening. And, uh, dude, because uh, Davis is probably getting ready to sign us off, uh, let me say real quick, uh, go Bucks and uh, come on 41.39 yard field goal. <laughs> he, he's already fishing for it, dude. He's trying to talk it into existence. Yes. Well, guys, thank you so much for listening. Um, me and Chad, we do this because we do it for fun. We started it back in the COVID year because we're just two best friends talking about football. We're just doing what we do every season, which, you know, if we were on the phone, we'd be talking for two hours. But yet we found a way to put it into a podcast. Uh, We've got a website. We've got our social media. I mean, this is our fourth season now, I believe. Is that correct, Chad? Is this our fourth season? I believe so, because we have 2020. (laughs) Sorry, dude. I was trying to give you another dynamite drop in (laughs) another dynamite drop in. So this is our fourth season. For those of you that have started with us from the beginning, thank you so much. For those of you that might be new, uh, we are growing. We're getting better. We're improving. We have some new things on the horizon that we cannot wait to share with you. Um. At the end of the day, we could care less if three people were listening. We just It gives us an excuse away from our wives to talk about football. But yet, we have an interesting and fun way to do it that I feel like not a lot of other Ohio State podcasts can offer. And if you like what we do, if you like the, you know, the, the content we provide, feel free to like our stuff, share our stuff, give us a shout out. You know, anything that you can help us promote would be greatly appreciated. But at the end of the day, we're we're all humongous Ohio State fans. That's why we're here. That's why we talk about it. And in less than, by the time you listen to this, in less than 72 hours, you will finally get to experience Ohio State football again. So thank God for that. Um, As always, if you want to check us out, um, you can always catch us on all major streaming services. Uh, we are also on uh, Facebook and Twitter if you want to reach out to those social media aspects. Um, and we also start our website. Again, that is dtipodcast.com. So check out our website. We also have some cool stuff on there as well. But again, Chad, here's to season four. It is getting ready to start. And until after Indiana game, we will give you our post game following shortly. And until then, guys, go Bucks. OH.